Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This is New York's talk leader, the crown jewel of talk radio. WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. News first at 59 past the hour. 77 WABC News starts now. WABC News Time, 5 o'clock. It is Tuesday, April 4th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. A mix of sun and clouds today. High 68. Tonight and overnight, the clouds hang around. Low 54. And then Wednesday, clouds high 56. If you are walking out the door with us right now, it's 46 and clear in Hampton Bays. 41 in Morristown. And it's 48 and clear here in Midtown. So happy you're here. And as you might guess, so much to get to on this Tuesday morning. We're calling it, I guess, Trump Tuesday around here. I think the whole nation's feeling a little tense about this and rightfully show, like, just how's this all going to play out today? What's going to happen in lower Manhattan? People uh, in New York, a lot of people are going to decide to work from home today. Everybody's a little bit on edge. And I got to be honest with you. I feel the same way, too, a little bit on edge, and I'm not normally someone who's like that. I'm a pretty mellow, laid-back person, but I was thinking about it as I went to bed last night. I woke up a few times, as I always kind of do. I was thinking about, oh, do we have everything ready to go in the news department? And we do. And I walk into uh, the building here this morning, and I love the people down at the front desk, just nice people, and especially at 3 in the morning, you know, when you're walking in, you get a nice smile, hello. This morning I came in, and this is what was – I hope I don't get them in trouble. I don't think I will because it's the middle of the night. But this was what was blasting in the hallway outside the elevator bank, and it was the guy who was at the front desk who controls the speakers. And I thought, how perfect. Everybody's on edge. So he's playing Bob Marley in the hallway. And I stopped. And I looked at him. And I said, this is great. Sort of, you, know, you can't help but not mellow out a little bit when you hear a little bit of jamming from Bob Marley. So we danced a little bit in the hallway, the two of us. All right, maybe that didn't happen. But I thought it was kind of cool that he was playing Bob Marley because it did, it did have that calming effect. Good music choice from the elevator guys, the front desk guys here in the building. All right, let's get into the headlines. The top five at five. It's Donald Trump Tuesday here in the city, and it should be a circus. Marjorie Taylor Greene is in town hosting a rally. Cops have cowered two more people who they say have been drugging New Yorkers at bars. That Chinese balloon was gathering all kinds of information. And the story of a lost boy in Jersey and how he was found. WABC News Time 503. Okay, let's get into it. It is Trump Tuesday. Huge security presence here in the city ahead of this morning's historic arraignment of former President Donald Trump. Mayor Adams reminding any potential demonstrators that they'll be arrested for any vandalism, any violence. It's simple. Control yourselves. New York City is our home, not a playground for your misplaced anger. 
Yeah, so he's telling everybody, be on your best behavior. People like Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is known to spread mis- misinformation and hate speech. Uh, she stated she's coming to town. While you're in town, be on your best behavior. By the way, I'll be covering that rally a little later today, 12 o'clock. And they've told us we're going to have one-on-one with her. We'll see if that happens. That's at noon in lower Manhattan. Mayor Adams um, urging drivers to take public transportation today. There's a great deal of additional traffic that may come in the city. And there will be street closures near the courts and throughout the city. Yeah, it's probably a day you'll want to hang at home. Uh, Police uh, Commissioner Keyshawn Sewell warning demonstrators as well to be peaceful. Violence and destruction are not part of legitimate lawful expression, and it will never be tolerated in our city. Okay, so keeping former President Trump safe while he's here in Manhattan, a major concern, of course, for the NYPD, Secret Service. The former NYPD chief of department, Terrence Monahan, says the building where Trump is scheduled to be arraigned in lower Manhattan will be very secure. Once he gets in that building, everything is going to be frozen. There is more than enough personnel to make sure that uh, wherever the former president walks in that building, it's going to be secure. Yeah, we've been told that some of those employees have been told to stay away, at least for the time of the arraignment. They're not giving us all the details on purpose for security reasons. As for the outside of the courthouse, Monahan says the NYPD is hearing it's not going to be bad, but you always have to expect the unexpected. And he says the NYPD ready for that. Biggest concern is what's going to happen outside that courthouse. As of now, everything that uh, the NYPD is hearing is that it's not going to be that bad. But uh, as I said before, you always have to expect the unexpected. Yeah, so we have that Marjorie Taylor Green protest, but it's a good 10 or 12 blocks away in Tribeca. Um, if there's anything that uh, comes outside the courthouse, it's going to be tough getting close to it but if you try to there may be some protests people in favor or against trump if you have a large uh vocal pro-trump supporters it may bring out a large vocal anti-trump supporters and as a police department you got to keep them apart by the way we'll be covering both sides so we'll be down at the courthouse at the marjorie taylor green rally members of the media, by the way, far outnumbering the handful of demonstrators who have showed up outside Trump Tower in support or against the president. That was the case all day yesterday as the president arrived at Trump Tower in the afternoon. They're trying to get the most powerful Republican off the ballot. That's all they're doing. Very honestly, very simple, people. Open your eyes. It's a political witch hunt. They don't want him in Washington, D.C. because they don't want him to mess up the status quo of what's going on in Washington, D.C. right now. The former president spending the night at Trump Tower and some of those protesters spent the night outside Trump Tower. The real Donald Trump is has always been a crook and dishonest as the day is long. It's him who started this by being so horrible and going after Hillary Clinton and any, any, any of our other enemies. Yeah, so they told us there was going to be be some sort of large crowd. At least that was the thought. And so we asked people on both sides why so few people showing up outside Trump Tower. It's horrible for the country and people in the back of their minds all know they're not going to put down their lives or go to jail for that horrible piece of garbage in that building over there. A lot of people are afraid to come out and speak. I, I don't care. Yeah, so uh, one visitor from Hong Kong who was there just to see Trump Tower was sort of amazed by it all. It's an interesting day, I think, for America. But what is it going to change? Yeah, okay, that's probably the biggest understatement of the day. Very much, Lori. 509, our Tuesday Trump coverage continues. We told you about this rally in favor of the president and against the indictment. Going to take place downtown in Tribeca. This is at noon today have no sense of how many people are going to show up for this, but it's in a park in Tribeca. We'll be there covering it. The uh, mayor, 
again warning uh, the protesters on the Trump side, on both sides to behave, but he went after Marjorie Taylor Greene here. She stated she's coming to town. While you're in town, be on your best behavior. Yes. So um, did you see the 60 Minutes interview with Marjorie Taylor Greene? It had some moments that people were talking about. Uh, She told um, Leslie Stahl on 60 Minutes Sunday now that she thought all Democrats are pedophiles. The Democrats are a party of pedophiles. I would definitely say so. They support grooming children. They are not pedophiles. Why would you say that? Democrats Democrats support, even Joe Biden, the president himself, supports children being sexualized and having transgender surgeries. Sexualizing children is what pedophiles do to children. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that might be one of the bigger moments of that interview. She also called... At some point, the Parkland shooting a false flag, the shooting in Florida, of course, that killed so many. Uh, here's what she said about that. Did you apologize for your position on Parkland, Florida? What was my position on Parkland, Florida? That it was a false flag? I don't flag. know if you actually have my position. No, I never said Parkland was a false flag. You- no, I've never said that. School shootings are horrible. I don't think it's anything to joke about. We fact-checked. Yes. Yeah, so uh, later today, she'll be hosting that rally. So this is what it's going to look like later today. So you can have all the details. Trump will be processed at 100 Center Street, the Manhattan Criminal Courthouse. He'll be fingerprinted there. No DNA will be taken. A potential mugshot is still up in the air, but we know who he is. And that's usually why you take the mugshot so you can find him. He wouldn't be hard to find. So sources are thought is they probably will not take that mugshot for fear the mugshot would get out. Customarily, an indictment is unsealed after the judge takes the bench and calls the case. It is expected that Trump will plead not guilty and then he'll be released without bail. Now, the former president will be escorted onto the 15th floor. He will not be handcuffed. Uh, He will not be put in a holding cell, which is customary. Media will be kept at a distance for this hearing that's expected to take place at 2.15 today. Cell phones, laptops will be allowed allowed inside the court but cannot be used. Uh, Video cameras will not be allowed inside the courtroom. This was one of the arguments that went into late last night, whether still photos would be allowed. And this is the latest. It could change again. But still photos will be allowed until the proceeding begins. Then those photographers will have to leave the courthouse. There will be no video cameras. You will not see any of this arraignment. It is expected to be brief. I mean, minutes long. Uh, No live coverage from the courtroom. The indictment will most likely not be read out loud during the hearing because there's 30 plus charges. It would take too long. The full details of that indictment, including all the charges that Trump will face, will likely become available when the DA's office posts that indictment document online or emails it to people like us in the news business who will then pass it on to you. It'll become available instantaneously online. You'll be able to look for it yourself. So uh, what will Trump do after this arraignment? He's expected to go directly from the courthouse to LaGuardia Airport, where his uh, plane will be on the runway, scheduled to fly back to Florida. And then at about 8.45 tonight, he's expected to deliver a public address from Mar-a-Lago. What he'll say, we don't know. We don't know if there'll be a gag order put on uh, this case. Uh, If there is, then my guess is what he'll talk about is that it's a witch hunt and not the specifics of the case and maybe about the future of his campaign. That's all up in the air. Um, And then uh, 
also Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan DA, who uh, everybody knows his name at this point, going to hold his own press conference. This will be at 3.30 down at Center Street. So now you have all the details. President in and out very quickly at 2.15 today will be processed very quickly. The charges will not be read in the courtroom. They'll be read later. And Alvin Bragg will hold that press conference 3.30. We can get some more details on that and what's going on. And then uh, of all the charges against the former president. And then tonight, the former president going to hold a press conference back at Mar-a-Lago at 8.45. So it's going to be an incredibly long day for us, the nation, and, of course, for former President Trump. So we asked you, we always like to go to the streets and see what you have to say. The whole world going to be watching this indictment of the former president later this morning. Our Pulse of the People question today is, will you be watching? We put our mics out here in Manhattan. you got to see what's going on here, Yes, right? yes. Right? We right? need to know everything that's going on where you live. Right. So you're going to be staying home from work, or are you just are you watching at work, or are you watching from home? Or? I'm just going to watch it from home. Yeah. It's a waste of time. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. You know, enough is enough. He's finally, something's happening, maybe. And that being said, my opinion is... Yeah, he may win primaries. He's not going to win a general election. Where are you guys from? Scotland. Scotland. What do you think of all this? Do you know, I don't really know enough about it to comment. I haven't really been been reading that one. But from what I know about Trump from Scotland, I can't see on the air. <laughs> <laughs> we can't see. We, well, no, we won't because we're flying back to Cleveland, but we're interested in it. Yeah. And I'm from Scotland, so it's big news over there, Scotland? too. Are you related to those ladies I just spoke with? No. Yeah, no. no, 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 no. Yeah, so obviously it looks like the whole world will be watching. And, of course, we'll be all over it right here, 77 WABC, so keep it right here. 515, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk where we find Justin Ellick. Good morning, Justin. Good morning, Noam Layden. Two local contests to get to on the diamond. Let's start with the Yankees who moved to 3-1 and one on the young season with their 8-1 win over the Philadelphia Phillies in the Bronx after jumping out to a 2-0 lead in the first. Clover Torres came up with a third and launched his 100th career home run before the Bombers unloaded with a five-run fifth inning complete with this Anthony Rizzo bomb. And the 2-1. Swung on and there goes the deep right. It is high. It is far. It is gone. It's a second deck two-run home run by Anthony Rizzo. Rizzo rakes once again. And as you know, nobody beats the Riz. A two-run home run to right. And the Yankees take a 5-1 lead. That call courtesy of WFAN. At that point, it was up to the bullpen to bring the win home for Nestor Cortez, who was solid in his season debut, going five strong innings with one earned run over seven hits. Game two of the three-game set will see Domingo Herman go up against Philly's Matt Strom. First pitch is scheduled for 7.05 p.m. tonight. Now for the Mets, who fell completely flat to open up their three-game set in Milwaukee, losing to the Brewers 10 to nothing in the opener yesterday. Carlos Carrasco didn't have it on the bump for New York, yielding five earned runs through four innings of work, but the bullpen and the bats not offering much help either, and route to the Loss. Manager Buck Showalter had this to say following the game on what he saw out of Carrasco. Didn't exactly hit him around a lot. Just, uh, I think it was it was multiplied that we weren't scoring any. You know, sometimes you score three or four runs and his outing looks different, but uh, stuff-wise, physically, it was good. 
Now at three and two on the year, the Mets will see if they can bounce back in Milwaukee tonight. It'll be ace in uh, be the ace, I should say. And Max Scherzer taking the hill against Milwaukee's Wade Miley. First pitch is set for 7:40 p.m. Eastern Time. Looking ahead to other local action tonight, the Nets they welcome in the Minnesota Timberwolves at 7:30 p.m. And on the ice, the Devils they'll welcome in the Pittsburgh Penguins at 7 p.m. tonight. And in Houston last night, the UConn Huskies claimed the 2023 NCAA Men's College Basketball National Championship, beating San Diego State 76 to 59 in the championship game to secure UConn's fifth national title what in school history. Boring game, right? Yeah. I mean, they just blew I mean, them out. Of it's course they close. did. Of course they did. No, I told you. Take UConn. Yeah, I did. All right. And I'm not any wealthier because everybody else took so UConn. So you're, you're feeling like a winner today. You, well, never. I never feel like a winner, but yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm Justin Elegant Sports. Thanks, Tom. Having some uh, breaking news. It's not all about uh, Donald Trump. There is other stuff that happened today. And one is a breaking story that came into us Overnight, one person killed, uh, though we death, uh, get the sense this death toll will go higher. More than two dozen injured when a train derailed in the Netherlands. This was um, about 3.30 this morning uh, in a village near the Hague, actually, uh, the Hague, rather, to the south and Amsterdam to the north. Dutch Railways, which is known by NS, said its train had about 50 people on board. They were en route to Leiden to, uh, when it became involved in a crash that involved a freight train and a crane. What they were doing on the tracks, we do not know. While they were all on the same tracks, we don't know the answer to that. But, of course, as more information comes into us, we will pass it on to you. But, again, a train crashing into a crane and another train in the Netherlands early this morning. One dead, 50 injured, but they expect that death toll number will go higher. All right, let's bring it back home. 521, a trench suddenly collapsed on construction workers at JFK while they were moving utility lines. Bob Brown's got the latest. An investigation is underway after two workers died after getting trapped in a trench at JFK Airport. Emergency workers tried to rescue them, but they were both pronounced dead after being pulled out. It happened shortly before 11.30 a.m. on Monday near Terminal 5 and 7. In addition, the stop work order for all construction at the airport has been issued. I'm Bob Brown for 77 WABC News. All right, let's bring it back into Manhattan in a story that lots of people have been following. Two of three men identified by cops in the drugging deaths of two men after they left clubs have surrendered now to detectives. 34-year-old Robert DeMeo turned himself into detectives with a lawyer. This was yesterday. He's facing charges of murder, robbery, grand larceny, identity theft. that goes on and on. Jacob Barrasso was arrested over the weekend. He is slapped with the same charges. Um, there's a third person still being sought, but they think they'll be catching up with him soon. The three indicted by a grand jury that's investigating the deaths of two men who were drugged as they came out of a gay bar. Uh, they had their bank accounts emptied and they died. And the thought is, is that they may have been inebriated as they walked out of these clubs and these men took advantage of them and drugged them. And that's how they were able to empty the bank account. So the good news is, is two of the three men are behind bars. It's tough, you know, um, seeing that. But I'm glad that they caught them. And I hope they, you know, get what they deserve. It's just scary to know that when you want to go out and have fun, that you can't have fun without knowing you're going to go and get something you know, that's deadly. 
Investigators say there have been 17 cases so far around New York City that may be related to one another where people have been drugged coming out of restaurants and bars. The uh, 2022 deaths of these men, uh, 25-year-old Julio Ramirez and 33-year-old John Umberger, have really been felt in the gay community. They both come out of gay bars and uh, the people in that community, especially in Chelsea and Midtown where there's a lot of these bars, are happy that at least two of these men are behind bars. Sounds like something you've seen on the movie, and yet you wouldn't really expect that to be, you know, something that you would run into yes, locally. No, it absolutely is a crazy story. 523, Senator Kirsten Gillibrand was here in the city yesterday. Uh, of course, she's hasn't announced, has she officially announced that she's running for election? She's definitely running. And she says uh, now she's on a tour of the state. I have to say, I feel like I haven't seen her in New York City forever. Am I alone in that? I don't. I can't remember the last time I uttered her name on the news. It's been a while, but here she is. She um, was in Harlem yesterday. She says the government has a responsibility to help underserved communities build generational wealth. So she joined local business leaders in Harlem at a press conference to call for over $400 million of federal funds to support entrepreneurs in underserved communities. We have an enormous racial wealth gap in this country today, and COVID made it even worse. In 2020, the wealth gap between black and white Americans was about as bad as it was in 1950. And this is has a horrible impact on women and minority entrepreneurs. It undermines their ability to start businesses and build wealth within their families and their communities. Jill LeBrand says the funds would go to supporting pre-existing government programs for small businesses through loans, grants, and technical assistance. Small businesses interested in learning more can reach out to Jill LeBrand's office. Let's go down to Arkansas. As the state of Arkansas deals with the damage caused by Friday's tornadoes, forecasters say the state could hit, be hit by more storms today. Senator Tom Cotton urging people just to be prepared there. You should always listen to your local officials, to your weather forecasters. I, may, I know it may seem sometimes like you can ride out a storm, but the risk is simply not worth it. We have forecasters saying the storms are going to develop this afternoon, push across the Strait of Arkansas, a part of a large system that could impact many states and, yeah, could include more tornadoes. Please heed their warnings and follow their directions uh, to make sure that you protect yourself and your loved ones. Yeah, and back in New Jersey where four tornadoes touched down on Saturday. They were playing a game of cleanup all day and then waiting for insurance claims adjusters to arrive to look at the damage. Thankfully, nobody injured, nobody killed in the tornadoes, four of them, that touched down in central and south Jersey on Saturday. WABC News Time 525. The Pentagon says it's confident it's limited the surveillance capabilities of the Chinese balloon that flew over the U.S. earlier this year. They don't think that they collected much information, but this is the first time we've heard that they collected any information. What we did do is take precautionary steps to limit the intelligence value that it would be able to collect. Defense Department spokeswoman Sabrina Singh there telling reporters yesterday that the U.S. took measures to protect intel from sensitive military sites after it discovered this balloon in U.S. airspace in late January. She says authorities still assessing what information China was able to gather. And uh, they're not clear if China was able to transmit the information back to Beijing in real time as they were collecting it. You'll remember they shot this balloon out of the sky over the ocean in North, uh, South, uh, rather, uh, South Carolina. We took steps to protect our own military installations from foreign intelligence collection. 
we're still doing an assessment of what exactly the intel was that China was able to gather. But we do know that the steps that we took provided little additive value. Yeah, so the truth is they don't really know exactly what China gathered, but they know this balloon did fly over sensitive areas across the country. We got a lot to get to before we head out at six o'clock, sit in friends in the morning. Uh, the latest are from NASA, one of those really cool moments where they announced the winners of the astronaut jobs, the four astronauts that will circle the moon in a mission that will be a 10-day mission. We'll hear from some of those astronauts who were chosen. You can imagine what an exciting day it was for them. Uh, A sad day, Wayne uh, Hills High School. Two people killed on a spring break. We'll get the latest on that story. And a New Jersey boy, somehow a little boy, four-year-old, gets out of his house and uh, ends up in the woods, and it all has a good ending. We have the search, the body cam footage, it all. And, of course, it is Trump Tuesday, and we'll give you the latest on what's happening with that and when the president, the former president, will be lower in Manhattan. We'll hit it all in the final half hour at the show. That coming up at WABC News Time right now is 530. The 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden on 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. This is the 77 WABC News Hour with Noah Layden. Yep, that's me. 531. Good morning. It is Tuesday, April 4th. Or Known around here is Trump Tuesday. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Mix of sun and clouds today. High 68. Tonight and overnight, those clouds hang around low 54. And then Wednesday, clouds high 56. If you're walking out the door with us right now, so happy you are. 46 and clear in Hampton Bays. 41 in Morristown. And 46 and clear here in Midtown. So much to get to as we work our way up to the 6 o'clock hour. We'll start with this NASA announcement yesterday, a happy moment for so many people who had probably spent their whole lives waiting to get aboard a rocket that will go around the moon. These four astronauts chosen yesterday by NASA, they'll be on this mission that'll fly around the moon and back to Earth. It's a 10-day mission. And NASA did, it was almost like game show-like as they announced the four winners. Your mission specialist, Christina Hammock-Coke. Your mission specialist, Jeremy Hansen. Your Artemis II pilot, Victor Glover. Your Artemis II commander, Reed Wiseman. You can imagine what a great day it was for these four astronauts who spent their entire life waiting for this moment. Commander Reed Weissman acknowledging uh, what brought this mission to fruition. The amazing political support that we feel right now to bring our country together, to bring our entire world together, to go explore, to get to Mars and beyond. We say a huge thank you. Yeah, I'm excited about this mission. Mission Specialist Victor Glover says this is a moment in human history. Artemis II is more than a mission to the moon and back. It is the next step on the journey that gets humanity to Mars. Mission Specialist Jeremy Hansen says there's one major reason why a Canadian is going with these Americans to the moon. America has made a very deliberate choice over decades to curate a global team. And that, in my definition, is true leadership. And Mission Specialist Christina Koch says she's excited about what's about to happen. When I think about this mission that's a relay race with international partners 
it's also so awesome in and of itself. Yeah, a cool moment for all those people who probably dreamed about this moment when they were kids. Now it's happening, and uh, it'll be a 10-day mission around the moon, back to Earth. Uh, excited about what's about to happen. 534, all right, let's go down to Midtown and uh, everything having to do with what is Donald Trump Tuesday here in the city. Huge security presence here in the city ahead of this morning's historic arraignment of former President Trump. Mayor Adams was out with Police Commissioner Keyshawn Sewell warning people who might protest either for or against Donald Trump to behave themselves. Our message is clear and simple. Control yourselves. New York City is our home, not a playground for your misplaced anger. People like Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is known to spread mis- misinformation and hate speech, uh, she stated she's coming to town. While you're in town, be on your best behavior. Yeah, so she'll be holding a rally in Tribeca. It's about 10 or 12 blocks away from the criminal court. And uh, we'll be covering that, of course, and we'll be covering the uh, all the proceedings tapping at the criminal court as well. There's a great deal of additional traffic that may come in the city, and there will be street closures near the courts and throughout the city. Yeah, it says it's one of those days you probably want to stay away from Midtown, at least around Trump Tower, and stay away from the criminal court in Lower Manhattan. Violence and destruction are not part of legitimate lawful expression. And it will never be tolerated in our city. Police Commissioner Keyshawn Sewell there. It's all about keeping the former president safe today as he makes his way from Trump Tower, where he spent the night last night, down to the criminal court in lower Manhattan for his arraignment that's going to take place at 2.15 today. He's not going to do a perp walk, so you're not going to see him walk in the front door. That's not happening for a whole bunch of different reasons, but security being number one. The former NYPD chief of department, Terrence Monahan, says the area around the courthouse will be secure. He has great faith in what the NYPD is doing once he gets in that building everything is going to be frozen there is more than enough personnel to make sure that uh, wherever the former president walks in that building it's going to be secure yeah so they're going to keep if there are protests and by the way there really hasn't been many and if they have been they've been awfully small but if they are protests break out uh, outside the courthouse they'll keep all the sides separate biggest concern is what's going to happen outside that courthouse as of now everything that uh, the nypd is hearing is that it's not going to be that bad but uh, as i've said before you always have to expect the unexpected yeah and this has been the experience over the last 48 hours or so walking past trump tower yesterday the members of the media far outnumbering the handful of of demonstrators who showed up either in support of the former president or against him. Uh, the media, I mean, it was just crazy how many camera crews were there, people from all over the world. As you might guess, this indictment has the intention of the world. Um, and then there was a small smattering of protesters among all those people. They're trying to get the most powerful Republican off the ballot. That's all they're doing. Very honestly, very simple, people. Open your eyes. It's a political witch hunt. They don't want him in Washington, D.C. because they don't want him to mess up the status quo of what's going on in Washington, D.C. right now. So Trump spending the night in his apartment above all these protests. Doubt he could hear them because, again, they weren't that big. The real Donald Trump is has always been a crook and dishonest as the day is long. It's him who started this by being so horrible and going after Hillary Clinton and any, any, any of our other enemies.
Yeah, an intense day for our country. We're going to break down how this day is going to go for the former president as he makes his way down to lower Manhattan and what will happen after this indictment is unsealed. Well, all right, let's map out how this day will go for the former president. He'll be processed at 100 Center Street, the Manhattan Criminal Court. This is around, he's probably expected to arrive about an hour before the arraignment. So it's 2.15. He might be there around 1.15. But again, because of security. Security concerns are not giving us all the details, but he'll be fingerprinted. There will be no DNA taken, a potential mugshot still up in the air as of last night. But sources indicated there'd be some concerns that that mugshot would be leaked. And it was not in the plans as of late last night. Customarily, an indictment is unsealed after the judge takes the bench and calls the case. It's expected that the former president, Trump, will plead not guilty and then he'll be released without bail. He'll then be escorted to a room on the 15th floor. He won't be handcuffed. Uh, they won't be putting in, he won't be put in a holding cell. The media will be kept at a distance for this 215 hearing. While they're allowed to bring cell phones and laptops inside the courthouse, they won't be able to use them. Video cameras will not be allowed, but they will allow still photography. Before the proceedings take place, five camera people have already been chosen. They'll be able to take pictures before the proceedings and they'll be able to take pictures after the proceedings is over. The arraignment itself expected to be really brief because um, even though he essentially is the only person on the docket, they do have other cases they want to tackle before the day is over. There'll be no live coverage from inside the courtroom because New York does not allow cameras into the courtroom. So no video. You won't be able to see what happens. You only see those still pictures before and after the indictment itself will most likely not be read out loud there's 30 some plus charges in them it would take too long so the full details of the indictment including all the charges that the former president faces will likely become available when the da's office posts the indictment document online or they email it to us here in the news media but within seconds after this case after he faces a judge we'll see what the charges actually are and then uh, after it's all over the former president expected to go directly from the courthouse to LaGuardia where he's scheduled to fly back to Florida around 8:45 tomorrow uh, tonight he's expected to deliver a public address from Mar-a-Lago what he'll say or what he'll be allowed to say is still yet to be determined uh, earlier in the day, once this case is over, once the arraignment is over, Manhattan D.A. Alvin Bragg, who brought these charges on the former president, will hold a press conference of his own. This will be around 3.30 down on Center Street outside the courthouse. And then we'll get a sense of what all those charges are against the former president. So it's going to be a long day. Hold on. Keep it here. 77 WABC. We will be all over this all day, including the Marjorie Taylor Green protest that's taking place at noon and will be uh, at the court house for the 215 um uh you know 215 arraignment when the former president goes before a judge and then of course all the details when they're released to us we will pass them on to you so make sure you keep it right here 77 wabc all day long wabc news time 542 let's bring it back home to new jersey wayne hills high a school in mourning after the deaths of two beloved classmates, Christian Enrico and Liam Paconis, who were best friends, were driving up to a cabin upstate New York when their car crashed near a sharp turn on a wet and foggy road in Gilbertsville. They were both killed. 
Uh, the school, of course, in mourning. Uh, here's their brother and sister of Enrico, who say uh, he was a great kid, that Lee, that Christian was a great kid. He had such a, a great, great heart that he would have changed the world. He was destined to do big things. He had so many plans of joining the military. Um, he wanted to join the Marines. The boys' friends uh, said their kindness made a lasting impression on everyone they met. Christian and Rico's brother and sister said yeah, that their brother was something special. He was always my baby brother, but I still looked up to him for how hard hard working he was and how kind he was. Because it was just come natural. You didn't have to work hard at it. I'm just proud of him. I love him. School district offering counseling services today and tomorrow. WABC News Time 544. There's a disturbing trend on the border of children. This is the U.S. southern border of children being dumped by smugglers and left to fend for themselves. Texas Congressman Henry Cuellar says it's unforgivable. Smugglers have no regard for human life, including children. They're there for one reason, and that is to make a profit. In uh, the El Paso sector, the Border Patrol has recovered nearly 12,000 unaccompanied children just since October. That is a 42% increase over last year. In their books, it's a transaction. It's a transaction to make money. Yeah, so it's those uh, folks who are bringing them to the border. Cuellar says those abandoned kids are being affected by the trauma and losing their parents and not being able to go back home. No matter how tough you are, it has to have uh, impact on, on one's uh, wellness. Yeah, so he's going on the White House to do more. 545, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk, where we find Justin Ellick. Good morning, Justin. Well, thank you, Noam. Laden, two local contests to get to on the diamond here. We'll start with the Yankees, who moved to 3-1 on the young season with their 8-1 to win over the Philadelphia Phillies in the Bronx. After jumping out to a 2-0 lead in the first, Gliber Torres came up in the third and launched his 100th career home run before the Bombers unloaded with a 5-run fifth inning, complete with this Anthony Rizzo bomb. And the 2-1. Swung on, and there goes the deep right. It is high. It is far. It is gone. It's a second-deck two-run home run by Anthony Rizzo. Rizzo rates once again. And as you know, nobody beats the Riz. A two-run home run to right. The Yankees take a 5-1 lead. That call courtesy of WFAN. At that point, it was up to the bullpen to bring the win home for Nestor Cortez, who was solid in his season debut, going five strong innings with one earned run over seven hits. Game two of the three-game set, we'll see Domingo Herman go up against Philly's Matt Strom. First pitch is scheduled for 7.05 p.m. tonight. Now for the Mets, who fell completely flat to open up their three-game set in Milwaukee, losing to the Brewers 10 to nothing in the opener yesterday. Carlos Carrasco, Fine. what? Don't even report it. Why? Because they lost? Yes. Because they literally got mercy ruled. As Warner Wolf would say, if you had the Mets and nine and a half runs, you lost. I mean, literally all facets of their game last night were completely gone and asleep. Why don't you kill yourself? Right no, now. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Carlos Carrasco was terrible on the bump, honestly, yielding five. five. The, the one game out of 162. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I mean, it's his first start of the season. Talk about the Islanders. He, he could be a little bit better. Okay. Yeah. 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 Man, and then the bats in the bullpen, they didn't show up either. Smitty. <laughs> now at 3-2 and two on the year, the Mets will see if they can bounce back in Milwaukee tonight. It'll be the ace in Max Scherzer taking the hill against Milwaukee's Wade Miley. First pitch is set for 7.40 p.m. Eastern time. Looking ahead to other local action tonight as well on the hardwood. The Nets get set to welcome in the Minnesota Timberwolves at 7.30 p.m. Well, the Devils, they're on the ice uh, at home, welcoming in the Pittsburgh Penguins for a 7 p.m. puck drop. And in Houston last night, of course, the UConn Huskies 
claiming the 2023 NCAA Men's College Basketball National Championship, beating San Diego State 76-59 to in the championship game to secure UConn's fifth national title in school history. Here with sports on 77 WABC. I'm Justin Alec. WABC News Time 549. Let's go down to Florida. Governor DeSantis signing into law a law, a measure that allows constitutional carry. The new law eliminates the requirement to obtain a state permit to carry a concealed weapon in Florida. Here's the governor yesterday. Floridians just really want fewer guns and fewer shootings, more safety. Yeah, well, that's and this bill just does not deliver on right. any of those things. Uh, so Florida, uh, Fred Guttenberg, who lost his daughter Jamie in the Parkland school shooting, not happy about Ron it. Ron DeSantis today put his signature to a bill that guarantees there will be more Jamies in America. Or in Florida, I should say. The new legislation does not actually change Florida's requirements to purchase a firearm. One of those requirements is a background check, but there's a lot of pushback against this bill. Bring it back home out to Long Island. The Say No to the Casino Civic Association, it's a long name for a group, held another rally yesterday on the steps of the Nassau County Legislature building in Mineola, calling on the county to scrap plans for a casino there at the Nassau Hub. They said it'll bring crime, traffic, and gambling addiction to the area. This is an, an outrage. Absolutely not. Who wants a casino in a residential area? The noise, the traffic, the concern of drunk driving, not only on Hempstead Turnpike, but all the major roadways. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman says he's considering the proposal, but will only give his approval if community supports the move. There are many Long Islanders who are near this old Nassau Coliseum, who have businesses there, who hope the casinos do come because they say it'll be good for small business. Whether it's this project or another project, it has to be entertainment. I'm all for it. And it's going to help the small businesses in town and the surrounding area. So many young people are leaving. Why? Because there is no jobs that will help them stay here. They get their college degree and there is nothing to turn to. The county legislature expected to vote on a proposed casino at the end of this month. Yesterday marked 50 years since the first cell phone call. Marty Cooper, who now lives in San Diego, made the first call. This was April 3rd, 1973. At the time, he was working for Motorola, and the man he called 50 years ago in New York was his rival at AT AT&T. I called Joel Engel, and miraculously, he answered the phone, not his secretary. And I told him, "Uh, Joel, this is Marty Cooper. Hi, Marty. I'm calling you from a cell phone, but a real cell phone. A personal, portable, handheld cell phone. Yeah, was, you should have seen the size of this thing. Yeah, you need to lift weights to carry it. In addition to inventing the wireless phone, Marty Cooper and his team also installed the first cell towers to support those early phone calls, which weighed two and a half pounds and only had a 20-minute battery life. Wow, it's a heavy phone. And when they were finally released to the public, well, it was about a decade later, they cost $3,900. That's the equivalent of about $12,000 a day, uh, $12,000 today to get a cell phone. My only issue at that time was, was this damn phone going to work? Because we only had two in existence, and these were handmade phones. They had a battery life of 20 minutes. Of course, that was not a problem because you couldn't hold this thing up for 20 minutes. It weighed <laughs> two and a half pounds. Yeah, okay. Marty Cooper says he knew people would want the freedom of wireless technology. My theme has been for a good part of my life is that people are mobile. They are always on the move. Wherever you go, nobody wants to be stuck in one place. The wire is an aberration. Yeah, so it was great when it made phone calls. Now we're just completely addicted to them, of course. A new bill in California aims to address the lack of attention given to black people who go missing in California. 
Senator District Stephen Batford argues their cases get much less attention, black missing people, from law enforcement and the media and others uh, do little to help African-Americans who go missing. How often do you turn on the TV and you see a black child missing? Very rarely. But usually when there is someone missing, a young child or a a, a young adult woman, it's usually someone non-African-American. So Senate Bill 673, or they call it Ebony Alert, is would create a new alert system similar to the amber or silver alert, but instead for missing black women and girls and youth. They say this, they think, will get the media's attention and other people's attention to look for these girls. This is someone who was in contact with family, loved his family, and said nothing was more important than family. So he didn't just walk away, but that's the attitude, I think, that uh, we get in the black community. 553. All right, let's bring it back to New Jersey. We are hearing the whole story of a four-year-old boy in his chocolate lab who wandered away from their Atlantic County, New Jersey home last week. The Buena Vista family was having what they call Cupcake Day. They were making cupcakes. The father, Jason, was with his four-year-old boy, Parker, and their one-year-old lab, and he left the kitchen just to use the bathroom. And when he came back from the bathroom, his chocolate lab and his son Parker were missing, and he had no idea where they were. We had two locks on the back door. For whatever reason, I didn't check that before I went to the restroom. And he came back, and he chose that moment to be opportunistic. Uh, Absolute panic. He's my little man. I'd, I'd be lost without him. Yeah, so Parker able to slip out of the house through a sliding glass door that is normally locked. Uh, Jason, his dad, looked around the property for the pair, but he could not find them, called his wife frantically, who was on her way home from work. That's when they decided to get the state police involved. Neighbors, New Jersey state troopers looking around the entire neighborhood and into the woods for this boy. And there's actually body cam footage of the search and the moment they found this four-year-old who somehow had walked deep into the woods with the dog who was by his side. He is okay. This is them running because they hear the boy's voice. A full-out sprint to get this kid. Yeah, somehow he lost his shoes during the search, which seems cute now because he's fine, Mom. Part of the search party carried her boy out of the woods. So thankful to the state police who suggested that she go into the woods. She said, I never in a million years would have thought my kid, a four-year-old, would walk himself into the woods, deep into the woods, by the way, on his own. But she said state police convinced her that they should search there. And that's, of course, where they found him. If it wasn't for them, I'd have no idea to even go back there because he's never, ever number one going that far from my house ever and so i had no no expectation for him to even be back there yeah so the good news the boy okay the dog okay 
Uh, I can only imagine the conversation his wife had with her husband when they got home, when everybody was okay, about how you let our four-year-old walk out of the house on their own. I bet that was a great conversation. And uh, finally, uh, Luna Park has opened out on Coney Island. And uh, a roller, new roller coaster is there, a new water ride, a flume ride that you can get really wet on. Beautiful, absolutely. Just a thrill of coming down and having this whole gush of water above you. Yeah, people loving the ride. Coney Island businesses happy to see the crowds back on the boardwalk this weekend. We've been seeing tourists come out already, which is phenomenal. Um, and now with the park opening, it's just going to bring more and more people. Yeah, uh, they had an official opening ceremonies on Sunday. You know, we love Lula Park. That's what we do. I love Coney Island. This was wonderful. This is wasn't so nice to be out here, and it's so nice to be. Yeah, Lula Park going to be open during spring break from April seventh through April sixteenth, and then every weekend, and then every day once the summer comes.